Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. And welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. It is Water Day. Water Con- Washington County Water Conservancy District Czar. Water Czar. Zach Renstrom is here. We're going to talk with him. Uh, Zach, thanks for coming in. It's great to be here. Couple, I wanted to, a couple of news things before we get rolling on the show today. Uh, uh, to the family and friends of Tom Hershey, longtime mayor of Hurricane, he passed away uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, we, we wish them the best. Thoughts and prayers are with them. Uh, he was a beloved figure. Tom's uh, Tom's clip joined the haircut place out there in Hurricane. Uh, so, uh, again, we wish the best to them. Also, uh, this was a, a, a bizarre and weird story. Out in Leeds on Sunday night, somebody, somebody out with a gun killed a pony, this family's pony that was out in the corral. Uh, it was after dark Sundays that they discovered it Monday morning. And uh, they have right now no leads, no clues as to who might have done that. And so uh, they're off- They're actually offering a $10,000 reward if we can figure out, that, you know, if we have information at least to the arrest of whoever did that. I can't even imagine. Why Why would you do something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's, that's just senseless. And there, there also uh, there was a, a a fire over home near Home Depot this morning. Uh, it was a trash compactor. The fire department got there quickly, put it out. So nothing serious. Nobody lost their home or anything like that. So some weird little news breaking this morning. But uh, yeah, now we're here with <laughs> Zach Renstrom. Zach, we got some rain. Yes, uh, it was good. It was bad too. It's kind of tends to like it does here in the desert. Come all at once and yeah. wash through and then go away. Uh, but I've had a lot of people ask me, so, Andy, does that mean that the drought is over? Or does that mean that we're no longer in critical as far as water? And I tell them, well, I'll talk to Zach about this, but I think, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Yeah, so as I shared on the show many times before, we have sensors all through the county mm-hmm. that give us certain information about the water, snow, and everything like that. And so the, the gauges that we really rely on a lot are located above Zions National Park. And those gauges are still showing that we're, t- even with these monsoonal rains that have been amazing and really wonderful, mm-hmm. um, we're still 10 inches of water below average. Ooh. And now we, before we were like 18 inches below and so, or So 15. we put a dent in it. So least. we put a good dent in it and it's been very, very helpful. But we're still 10 inches of rainfall below average up above Zions National Park, which is really feeds the Virgin River. So we're in a lot better place, but we're still not out of the woods yet so okay all right well i'm glad we're in a better place that's (laughs) progress has been made uh you know i've heard a statement say hey it could rain and rain and rain and rain for two years and then that's what it would take to actually get us out of this monumental drought that we're in is that accurate or is that kind of exaggerating the problem uh it depends so in our area we don't need rain for two years um but what we for our area, if honestly, if we just have a really good snowpack that melts mm-hmm. off really slowly, then then we'll be back into a good position. Now, if you want to talk about the in Colorado Basin and the Colorado River, um, there is a, a larger def- deficit on that system. Mm-hmm. That and when I say that, it really, it's just we would like to bring those reservoirs up higher. So, if if we got a good rainfall or and snowfall this coming winter, it'd be good. But what we really want is over that to fill up those two reservoirs. Okay. 
So awesome. that, right. that would be good, though. A nice, a nice drizzle that goes on for like three or four days is what we'd like. These, these summer monsoonos, they're nice, um, and they do help the water situation, but unfortunately we do see flooding from them. Yeah, and they and they wash through really really quickly, and they do. They end up closing slot canyons, and we can't. Yeah. You know, those dry washes become wet for like an hour, and then it goes away. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but but let let's get back to water in a minute. Sure. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, uh, it, I you know I was pretty public with the, the fact that I got COVID nineteen. Yeah. Uh, got through that. I feel great right now. Yeah. Uh, Johnson and Johnson, which is the vaccine that I got, just announced today they've got a booster that's going to make it eight to nine times more likely that you won't get it. Obviously, I was vaccinated; I got it anyway. Yeah. And so, for for me, it was a different experience. But I've had a lot of people talk about requirements for vaccines, requirements for masks. Uh, Washington County Water Conservancy District is that that's a state entity? Yes, we're we're an entity of the state of Utah. Yes. Okay. Do, have you received any instruction about mask or vaccine? Scenes, uh, or, or will you, do you think? So we follow the governor, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't heard anything from the governor's office. Now, a, a year and a half ago, we, we did, you know, with the mask mandates and things like that, um, we did get some information at that time. But right now, as today, I haven't heard anything requiring anybody to get vaccinated or anybody wear masks. Um, and from the things I just hear on the news, it doesn't sound like the governor is going to order any of that. Okay. So. It's interesting. There was a story in the news today, uh, LSU, uh, which has one of the biggest football stadiums in the, in the world, well, in the country, 100,000 people. They require, they're now requiring everyone that comes to their stadium must either, one, have a vaccination card, prove that they've been vaccinated, or two, within the last, like, three days, have a, a negative test for oh, wow. COVID-19. And, and so as it starts to creep into, to me, that's mainstream. As, that, yeah. as it starts to creep into mainstream, I wonder now if we're going to get some of those uh, some of those uh, edicts from yeah. on high about doing these things. I guess as a state entity, you really don't, your hands are tied. You have to do whatever they tell you to do as a, as a, as an agency. Yeah. And, and that's just, I mean, at least for us, like I have no say as uh, the general manager of the water district really does go back to our elected leaders mm-hmm. and, and what mandates they come down with. And, and I should say, of course, the legislature is involved in all that too. And so, yeah, as in my position, I have no authority, no ability to make any decision on that. It really does go up the, the ladder to those elected leaders. Your proverbial hands are tied. My hands are tied. And so okay. with us at the district, um, you know, I, I know about half our employees are vaccinated, about the other half aren't. And and I just say, you know, that's, that's a personal decision. And as a general manager, I'm not going to mandate anything or do anything. Um, is, do you anticipate... It, this is hypothetical. Yeah. But if the governor says, all right, you know what, we got to do it. Everybody has to be vaccinated to come to work. Do you anticipate some problems? Would, would there be some issues with employees? I think we have, I, I know we have some employees that would have a very hard time on that. And so mm. my job would be, is to make sure I'm communicating up the ladder saying, listen, we've got some amazing employees that are great employees that I do not want to lose. And if you mandate this, there's a good op, there's a good chance I may lose these great employees. And wow. so be very, very careful about whatever decision you make, because there may be unintended consequences that you, you may not like or would make my job very hard. Yeah. And I and I have communicated that up just saying, listen, don't like whatever you do, Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> be careful because it's just not as simple as go get a shot. Because I, I really do think I would lose some employees that are amazing. 
That would be that would be really tough. Yeah. Now, uh, in in this modern envi- environment we're in, we, I, we, there was a story today about uh, uh, not enough workers. In this case, it was school districts up north. Uh, they can't get enough bus drivers. They can't get enough lunchroom lunch people, uh, even secretaries. Uh, have you found that to be a problem? As as every business job openings come and, and people leave, people come. Uh, have you found it uh, difficult to fill positions? Yes, very much. Wow. Um, the thing that we're struggling with right now is we had a position open and we, we made some job offers uh, and, and they come to the area and they're not able to find housing for what we would pay. Mm. And so even though they wanted to take the job, uh, they wanted to move into St. George, they just couldn't afford to buy a home. They, I mean, it would have been even difficult for them to, to rent. And so there was the, this one position um, we were really excited. The person was very qualified. It would, it would have been a really good fit. Um, but he came back and said, I can't move there because you're not paying enough. Yeah, I can't and, buy a $700,000 house. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's tough because, you know, I, I feel responsibility to the taxpayers that, that we pay our employees fairly. And so what we do at the district for all our position, um, we actually go to, it's, it's an organization called Employers Council, and, and they do these employee evaluations and they actually come back with a range of where our employees should be. And so they have a high, a low, and an average. And I think I only have one employee that's at average. Everything, everybody else is below the average oh. from their recommendation. Wow. Um, and, you know, our current employees that have homes, that's is not as much as an issue. But when somebody wants to move into the area, they just can't. They can't afford it. Or the other thing I've noticed is that we do have some uh, more, like, entry positions uh, mm-hmm. that like maybe they're working out in the garden or, you know, kind of the field guys and, and they can make more money, uh, working other jobs than, mm-hmm. than we can give. And so we haven't been able to fill some of those entry positions also. Well, I think I saw a Burger King saying they were paying $14 an hour yeah. or something. Yeah. And I mean, that's tough. If you can only offer 12, and they can make $2 more an hour flipping burgers, what are you supposed to do, right? Yep. I mean, uh, that's that's a tough deal. Um, is it to the point, maybe not yet, but is it to the point where you might have to bring someone in who is not completely qualified for the job and train them and, and get them the schooling on the job kind of OJT type thing? No, we're, we're, we're looking at lots of options of what we can do. Um, the other thing I noticed... Uh, and this has kind of been an interesting develop, at least in my lifetime. I was raised that you get to work at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and you work hard till five. Like, you, like mm-hmm. you have these set hours that you work or, you know, and of course I have had jobs where I had to be there at six. Um, or, but there was this, this time that you would go in. Well, the newer employees, boy, we're really getting, <laughs> we're going all over today. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> the, the newer employees, they want a lot of flexibility. Mm. Uh, so, like, I, I just recently, oh, well, I shouldn't say recently, a couple of years ago, we hired an individual. And so when I graduated from school, I remember going around and talking to the other people I graduated with. And it was all about how much, you, where are you going to go work and how much money you're going to make. Right. So I went to this employee that just graduated from school about, you know, about two years ago. And I asked her, what was her experience? And they, she says, well, all we talked about is how much freedom and flexibility. Could we work from home? Mm-hmm. We have flex days. Uh and so that's what a lot of these people are looking for, especially the younger generations, have that, that huge range of flexibility. So if you want a skill set, 
I've been trying to figure out ways to make it so we can get that skill set that we need, but still give them, you know, maybe some flexibility a little bit. And so we've been looking at, you know, the working four tens or working, you know, the nines and then like every other Friday get off or every other Monday. But the one thing I am very assistant is insistent on is that at eight o'clock when the doors open, that we have somebody at the front counter and somebody's answering the phones Hmm. and that we have the doors open and there's somebody who answers the phones until five o'clock. And so, you know, it's just that balance. I think every employer is going through that right now, um, trying to attract the right people. Um, even when like, I have a, a friend that's an electrician and he said the same thing. Right. And so, well, and so it's very common. And, and, you know, you talk about the flexibility and hours wanting to work from home. It's been greatly magnified and exaggerated with COVID because a lot of people had to work from yep. home for a while and they realized you know, except for this one little part of my job, I can do everything else mm-hmm. from my house. Uh, you know, it's funny. You and I, uh, we have similar experience uh, in the way we were raised. But I've actually, in the last probably 30 years, I've had jobs that it wasn't a time. You'd be here at this time and go home at this time. It was you're here until the job's done. You come in yeah. at a certain time yeah. and you finish the job. And, and so for my current job, for instance, some days I work till four o'clock and that, you know, when I come in at five, that's 11 hours, yeah. but other days I can go home at one o'clock or, or so. And, and I don't feel bad about it because I can do number one, I can do stuff from home. I'm out meeting with clients and things as well. And I also, you know, have the flexibility uh, to know that I worked late one day. I can not work quite as many hours the next yeah. day. So it's, it's a changing work world we live in, isn't it? It is. And what's tough for me is like with the water treatment plant, I can't give a lot of flexibility. because right. somebody, Someone's got to be there. Someone has to be there. <laughs> you know, every time we produce a water, drop, clean a drop of water, someone has to be there and monitor it. And it's not one of those things that they can just say, hey, I, you know. And fortunately, uh, we've been able to, like the current employees we have are, are amazing. They're very dedicated and they're willing to, let's say it's Christmas Eve. I know if there's an emergency, I, you know, we have our calling list that I could call and I'd have five people out there on Christmas Eve. Mm. And, and with the, the newer generation, it's, it's to, to find those individuals that are willing to be that dedicated and, and that, you know, willing to do that is getting more tricky. Maybe Maybe my parents said the same thing about my generation when I was in my twenties. <laughs> I was going to say we don't want to sound like grumpy old guys. I know. But, I just. But, I was just uh, thinking that. But it is tough. I, I will say this. You know, I, I've been uh, broadcasting and, and covering sports for three decades, and the coaches say the same thing about hmm. a lot of the young people. They say, now there's exceptions. There are kids that really work hard, and a lot of great kids out there. But there are a lot of kids who come in and and they just think, you know, I've got talent. I don't need to work hard and. Yeah. And, and and it happens and and so like I said I don't want to be the we're not old curmudgeons I'm a little older than you but we're not we're not curmudgeons but uh, yeah it's I, I think it's a weird little work atmosphere that we're facing now especially as the next generation comes up through so yeah it's and there, there's all the a lot of times I hear people talk about or I read an article and they're like this is the issue it's this and they it's like one item but really it's just not it's the, not. It's yeah. not um, it's a gamut of things. So many different things, for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, so I, one of the things we're noticing is, is like even fast food joints right now are really struggling because 
you know, you got your 16 year old kid, mom and dad says, I'll give you an allowance. I'll, yep. I'll pay for your gas or whatever. Kids like, why should I go to work then? Yeah. What, what's the point? I'm proud to say with my kids. Now I've had them all go through that. Every one of them, they wanted a job. They, they went to work, they worked hard and, and made money because they wanted to, they wanted to spend money on stuff. You know, yeah. with, with my daughters, it was clothes with my sons. It was toys, you know, the Xbox and things like that. And I told them I'm, I'm not your, this is a famous line in the Griffin household. Uh, I am not your entertainment committee. I'm here to take care of your basic needs. If you want to be entertained, you're on your own. So yeah. uh, maybe we can, maybe we can patent that or trademark it or something. No, that's good. <laughs> no, it's, it's tough. It's, and Ray, I mean, I, I, like I, I expressed on the show before too, I've got teenagers and you know, my teenagers come to me and say, dad, we want this or that. And I'm like, you know, sometimes I, I do. I'm the fun dad, and sometimes I'm the mean dad. It's it's hard. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, we're talking with Zach Renstrom, Washington County Water Conservancy District. We've gone off of water for yeah. a little while. Uh, we, we, back to the vaccinations. I yeah. I went to. Uh, I want to be careful because I don't want to call them out for for what they are. But I went to a professional office, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in in speaking with the people that worked there, I would say there was approximately maybe ten people in that office. Uh, I would say there was one very pro-vaccine, one who was kind of indifferent, and the other eight were like, "No way, I'm not getting a shot." Yeah, I thought that that number was really high to me. And these are good people, good oh, yeah. workers. Yeah. Uh, nothing wrong with them, but uh, there was, you know, at this particular workplace, they like, "No, not doing it." And in mm-hmm. fact, the one lady who was very pro-vaccine, she kind of took me aside and said, "Don't mention the vaccines; <laughs> they, they get pretty upset when we start talking about right. that." So. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I like I said, I when the vaccines came out, I had some employees that rushed down and were the first ones to get it in the county because they Mm -hmm. were very adamant. And I have other employees that will never get it. Like I think they would quit before they get it. And so, wow. And and they're all really good employees. They all do a great job. They all care very much about their community, and they they have different feelings. And and I think that. Well, I got to be careful too. What yeah. I, say. I mean, I think it, I, I don't know. Most people realize, but when, I was on the show when you had COVID. Right. I, I, the beginnings of it, it yeah. is what it turned out to be. Yeah. And so the, 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 the one time that I know that I was heavily exposed to the virus was on the radio with you. <laughs> Sorry about that. And, you know, I, I would, I would, did get vaccinated um, and I, I didn't develop anything. And so I don't, if was it the vaccine or was it because, I'm we, a healthy guy. I don't know. And I will say this. We were six feet apart. Uh, yeah. We weren't, you know, we weren't right next to each other. And, and, but, but I was definitely, obviously, yeah. I thought it was allergies. Yeah. But I was definitely coming down with what now turned out to be COVID-19. I, I'm actually really grateful that you didn't get sick, Zach. Oh, yeah. uh, I called, I think it was, I think there was two or three people that I had had on the show during that little stretch when I was getting it. You were one of them. Uh, I want to say... Uh, I forget who else it was, but I immediately texted him and said, hey, just yeah. just so you're aware, uh, this is what's happening. And uh, fortunately, you know, the only person really close to me that also got it was my wife. Oh, and and that's actually not a surprise considering we spend so much time together and, yeah. and stuff. So 
yeah, next door neighbor kid, by the way, came down with it yesterday. Has not obviously. I'm yeah. I've been over it for a month, but uh, next door neighbor kid uh, came down with it. And we wish them the best. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't know how it affects. We know it seemingly affects children. Uh, much much lighter case of it usually. Uh, and she seemed fine yesterday when I saw her, uh, but uh, you know you just never know with COVID. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So, uh, are you worried about? You said you have kids. Are you worried about your kids? No masks in school. No vaccinations required. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you know, uh, we. Am I going to get them in trouble? Well, my wife sometimes. <laughs> like my wife, my wife found out she can listen to the show, and so. <laughs> So my wife and I don't see exactly, well, first of all, I have an amazing wife. I love her to death. Absolutely. I've never met her, but yeah, she puts no, up she, with you, so she must she, be awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she, very intelligent. I mean, she has a degree in physics. She Wow, she, she's a smarty pants, too. She's huh? smart, but she's also, she, she actually teaches P. How she went from physics to P. I was going to say, wait, wait, wait. They both start with P. That's about all they have in common. Yeah, but, <laughs> she, you know, and so we have a great marriage. We get along wonderfully. But we don't necessarily see eye to eye on how to respond to this and how our kids should be. But in general, we have been uh, pretty, uh, like, we sent our kids to school. Like, we let them, like, well, we, they've been out in the community mm-hmm. as much as we can with, with interaction and stuff like that. And so, I guess I, I, I was worried about, I have some, my, like my mother, she has some lung problems. Right. right. Um, yeah. And so I do, like, I worried about her. Because she's she's almost eighty, she has lung problems. So I'm like, okay, she's in a sensitive group. Right. So I was definitely worried. But with my kids, I just didn't worry as much because what I saw didn't affect them as much. So probably probably a good idea. Uh, and by the way, you know, you talk about getting in trouble and your spouse your spouse not seeing eye to eye. I think that you're pretty typical. I don't, I don't think this is unusual. <laughs> I think every well, we all have our own opinions and thoughts about it, and they're not going to align perfectly with yeah. the person we're married with or even with our kids. And so uh, you that's a very typical challenge in today's world is, yeah. you know, how do, how do I feel about my kids going to school and no masks and no vaccinations? And, you know, if you have a kid that's 12 and under, they can't even get the vaccine. Right. It's not like there's a choice. There is no choice. They, they can't get it right now. So, all right, uh, we've got uh, we're going to take some phone calls after the quick weather break. I know a couple of folks wanted to wanted to chat with us so we'll take a break when we come back more with zach renstrom talking water and other things today <laughs> we're interactive on the andy griffin show call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842 let your voice be heard on the andy griffin show got a text just as i was about to push that button so uh, <laughs> We've a, it's about a future guest. We'll have uh, lots of cool guests coming up. We're working on a deal with Terry Draper over at the hospital to get a doctor on to talk a little bit more specifics about uh, how full they are and what's going on with COVID over there. Uh, we had uh, last month we had a heart doctor on from uh, IHC, and that was really cool. It was very fascinating stuff. He talked a little bit about what covid might do to the heart and uh, of course he talked about some of the innovations out there uh, hmm. out, out at the uh, interesting st george regional now i guess is the name of the hospital but yeah uh, welcome back nine thirty-five on kdxu uh, with zach renstrom from the washington county water conservancy district zach wearing a jacket today looking sharp <laughs> uh, i was like uh, hey you look sharp because I, yeah I, I wear a jacket because i get cold yeah that's the number one reason it may look sharp but that's not the intention uh, <laughs> i Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, 
hanging on for about 10 minutes. Seth, thanks for holding on. What's up? I think it's a double 10 minutes is what I think. But <laughs> then again, um, Zach, do you listen to, to this show every day religiously? You know, I'm in a lot of meetings, so I'm not. So generally when I'm driving, I will listen to the show. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm usually in meetings or reading studies, and so unfortunately I don't get the opportunity to listen as much as I would like. Did you know Andy and the mayors are talking about you being short and skinny and <laughs> smart? <laughs> so Mayor Randall uh, mentioned to me that I'm busted. That, yeah. yeah, that he does not want me to be a pallbearer at his funeral. That Andy doesn't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I, I go 300 so you, you pounds, guys. I, I need somebody big and strong to carry you. Not that Zach couldn't, well, I don't know if Zach could do it, but just think, I don't want I don't want you guys dropping me and rolling out of the <laughs> casket, and that would just be a mess, don't you think? Well, they got those little carts now that they just put the <laughs> casket on. you got to carry it from, like, from the hearse yeah, to, the, to the grave over grass and stuff. And, so, yeah. yeah, so I run a lot. <laughs> And so, unfortunately, any calorie I get usually burn it off pretty quick. And so, yeah, maybe I should start lifting weights instead of running. Zach, uh, for those that wonder, Zach weighs, I'm guessing, 135, maybe? Uh, no? On, on a, on, with a wet suit on, okay. I weigh 135. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big guy. No. Uh, well, but let hey, me just mention now, me. If, if I recall properly, you're an attorney. I am. Huh. Let's pretend you put your attorney hat and turn into Terry Hutchinson. No, no, don't do that. Um, no, let's put your attorney hat on and say at some point the governor or some um, a person decides that you must um, uh, make everybody uh, insist on vaccination and you fire them and they file um federal discrimination hmm. um, uh, charges against you and your company. What uh, what do you think the legal outcome would be after massive lawsuits on a federal basis? And if a person goes pro se, um, they have to do everything to so that they get a, a perfect case to move forward. So uh, what he's saying by pro se is mean is somebody doesn't have an attorney representing doesn't them. you know doesn't yeah. go bankrupt hiring other attorneys yeah and so no that's one of the things that when when I pass the message up um, to the people that would actually make that decision I I say listen you need to consider all the things that could go on and and I would anticipate definitely to having some lawsuits now I don't think they would sue the water district they would sue this you know the governor um, and that's where the legal battle would go. Um, I don't want to give legal advice on it over the radio, as you can imagine, but I, I, would, I encourage them. I say, hey, make sure you're talking to the ge- attorney's general's office and be very careful w- if you do make that decision. But really, the, the things that I'm hearing back from every, well, from the, the people I talk to, I really doubt our governor is going to go there. I, I just, no one, no one even is mentioning it. No one is even talking about it. And so I really doubt our state will make that decision. I'm sure other states will go there, but I really doubt our governor will go there. Well, we can always hope, but um, in the end, people like the FDA and the CDC and the World Health Organization, uh, we're going to call them science, and I'm going to call them scientism. Uh, we're Instead of going to church and following the bishop or the state president, we've fallen in love with white coats and scientists 
who really aren't looking after our best interests because there's a huge divergent on what these so-called people think uh, is happening and the like. And so there's tremendous pressure, and I think the top of the pressure, uh, the president can't do it. So he's going to relegate it to corporations. He's going to downgrade it to the point where he can step back and let his minions, not in government, execute his plan. I don't know if you saw the statement yesterday from President Biden. He said, uh, do like I did, mandate it, and uh, and do it. He was speaking to private companies, mandate it, and make them make them get the shot. And uh, I was kind of stunned that he would he would say that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big. He says a lot of stunning things. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he does. All right, Seth, thank you for calling today. Appreciate it. Uh, I was actually, when he started talking about you being a lawyer, <clears throat> I started regretting saying I didn't want you as a pallbearer because I didn't want to get sued over, you know, <laughs> calling you uh, not not real big and strong. You're, you're big and strong in your own way, right? Well, thanks. And, and an, so. aunt, an ant, we found out, can lift 50 times its body weight. So, there you, you know, go. maybe if you work out a little bit more, Zach, you can carry maybe, my dead Maybe body. I can. Uh, the thing is, I, I run uh, <laughs> a lot, and, and I do, I think, mostly, for, well... I do keep my, well, we're talking about the heart surgeon. My father mm-hmm. died of a heart attack at a fairly young age, and so. You want to be strong. Uh, I just said I'm going to keep my heart healthy, and so that's what, that's one of the reasons why I run a lot. And so um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to give up running. In the end, money, whatever else isn't going to save us. It's, you know, it's being healthy and, and trying to take care of things. And and then when we all die, you can't take it with you anyway, right? Right. So. But, but I'd like to. Uh, I'd like not to die anytime not, not soon. Not anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. Good, good point. We're talking with Zach Rens from Water Conservancy District. If you want to call and ask Zach a question, it's 673-5890. Uh, probably ought to put the area code in, 435-673-5890 if you're calling on your cell phone. You can also text into the program at 435-467-5842. Uh, Zach, uh, we talked about water. The the water was the saturation level of the soil. Is that mm-hmm. what we were kind of talking about soil out there? Yep. Uh, and we're... Uh, you said ten inches. Is that right? Well, that's just the amount of precipitation that has fallen above Col- above Zion's National Park up by Kolob, okay. and so yeah, we're ten inches deficient. Um, and it's it's weird how we do water years. Our water water years actually go from October. They start October first. Oh, okay. And so we're actually getting late in the water year. Yeah. So we're at the very end. And so I guess getting back to a water subject, um, what I would like to really encourage individuals to do now that the temperatures are getting a little bit cooler. And things are coming down to really look at your landscaping needs mm-hmm. and, and start turning back that clock. Um, with the cooler evenings, you can start pulling back. Well, we, we've been in a drought, and people have done a really good job of not overwatering their lawns and stuff. But just to reemphasize, as things start cooling down, go and look at your clocks, your irrigation clocks, and start pulling back that water because your plants just simply don't need as much water with, mm-hmm. with the cooler nights and, and the days getting short and everything like that. And so... You know, that'll just help us save that water till next year. Yeah, good point. I think it's worth noting, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it's really cool down, it's going to be 102 today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, at, the, at night, remember a month ago, nighttime, it was still 82. 
83 yeah. degrees, 85 degrees in the middle of the night. We're getting down to about 70, even into mm-hmm. the 60s now at night. And that really does make a difference with your yard and your plants, even just with, like, if you have to park your vehicle out on the street and get up and go to work in the morning, your, your vehicle's not going to be hot, yep. you know, and, and stuff like that. So just, just keep that in mind, folks, as you think about how you're going to water. Do, do you, you know, we talked this about this a little bit, uh, changing your yards. I know some people have spent a lot of money to rip out grass and to put in xeriscaping and, and to, uh, you know, the one thing we, we probably talked about once or twice, but it should reemphasize is it's not necessarily smart to take out your trees and your shade. Yeah, so certain communities have actually went in and ripped out all their turf, and what happened is the ambient air temperature actually increased. Hmm. And also, it just is ugly looking in some of these communities. So the, the communities that have really emphasized conversion, landscape conversions, they, they did rip out a lot of the lawn, but they replaced it instantly with trees and shrubs and, hmm. and other things like that. And so that's what we really encourage is just, just don't rip it out and just leave nothing. Rip it out and, and plant some trees that are that require less water. Plant some shrubs that are, you know, water-friendly. Mm. And we encourage people to go up to the desert garden and, and look at the trees we have up there and, and how green it is and how little water we use up there. So you have some advice out there. Some, hey, an example. Come look at this. This is the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of nice because we can talk till we're blue in the face, but some people will be like, well, I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. So Well, and it's... Up at the Desert Gardens, too, we're starting uh, over when it's, well, Christmas time. We have all the, the the Christmas lights up, and it's really popular to go up there for it. But also we have a really neat uh, Halloween program. It's like a scarecrow walkthrough, Ooh. and, it's of course, it's all free. And uh, people decorate these scarecrows and kind of make it a little bit scary and put cobwebs up there, and you can walk through. And so we try to make it a family thing so the kids will want to go up there. But as you're walking through there, you really can see that, Wow, there's really nice shade. There's really nice, you know, the plants everywhere, and it's really they have the these little plaques that easily identify the the type of plants that you can use, and how much water they'll need. And so we we try to make it very easy for individuals to see that they can have a really nice, beautiful landscape that uses very little water. Awesome. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind today? I'm just curious if. We're so, we're always trying to conserve water. You're giving all this advice. And then I have to go by the standards of the Board of Health, and I'm dumping pools nonstop, nonstop, because of their little standard that a perfectly good pool, because of the standards they have, makes no sense. I understand why they're doing it, but it's, you have to drain a pool, acid wash it, because of a stabilizer that over time affects the chlorine levels, but it's, it's absurd. And then I get constant, you know, advice on how to conserve water when the people doing it, no one's, everybody says, oh, there's nothing we can do about that. Zach, any thoughts on yes. pools and, and, and the acid wash? I, so you have to drain. Is that are you saying you have to drain the pool completely uh, every once in a while to to clean it? You do eventually, but the board of health wants a standard that it, once a year they come and check it, and it's almost impossible to keep it that. And they'll say you got to drain it, and it will, you know, it's something I've been doing for years, and it's. 
it's frustrating because it's not a health hazard what they want, but it's just this standard that it's like, yeah, you can play golf, but you have to shoot par no matter what. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get Zach's thoughts on this, Zach. Yeah. So with swimming pools, to kind of clarify, like clarify, is that when the pool water quality gets to a certain level, then no, they they want they want the it, yeah. stabilizer, which it holds the chlorine in the water. The stabilizer does right, and so, so you have to have it. You have to have it at about sixty to eighty parts per million to hold chlorine. If it gets above a hundred parts per million, which yep. um, they want you to drain the pool, right. um, you can backwash, get it down, and uh, it's. They want everybody to go to a liquid system, but unfortunately now we can't get liquid, so we have to use tablets, which have stabilizer in it, or you have to add it manually. And so it's, you know, once a year they come around and uh, you try to do a good job and things, but then they'll say, you know, it's 120, you got to drain the pool. So, yeah, so the health department wants that water at a certain level, and they want certain residual chlorine levels in that pool and so there's other chemicals in there to keep that chlorine level at a certain level Mm -hmm. and if they get out of whack then sometimes there's the recommendation to drain the pool and so there's certain things if you if you watch the pool very closely if it's well maintained you can keep that water in there a lot longer than average um and so we encourage that but but even with that there's now some companies in town and, and technology where they can actually take the pool water they basically put a tube in one side of the pool and a tube in the other side of the pool, and they have a truck, and they bring that water in. They send it through a reverse osmosis system. Really? That it, that's kind of like the premier way of cleaning water. Like it, it takes out all the salt. It takes out all the chlorine. Um, it has a little bit of brine that goes back and kind of cleans the pool that way. And so that's what we encourage people to do. Instead of just dumping the water now, like they had to do maybe 10 years ago, the technology now is such that they can hire one of these companies that will come in and essentially take the majority of the pool water and, and purify it through this reverse osmosis system and keep the vast majority of that water there and clean up the water and get it back to where it needs to be. And also, we just encourage people to, I mean, if they put a cover over their pool, it uses less, it uses less chlorine, yeah. it has less debris blowing into it. So we also encourage people to put cool covers on it because it's easier to keep those ranges in there because there's just less organics going into the pool. Um, and and so not to mention it, less water evaporates, too. A lot less yeah. water evaporates. And then just look at your filters and stuff like that. So, so a well-maintained pool that has a cover actually uses a lot less water than, than let's say, the same area and grass. And so that's so if somebody, a lot of people will say, well, I want a pool, but I don't want to do it because of water. I'm like, no. It's okay to have a pool. Just make sure it's maintained well. Mm-hmm. The chemicals are balanced very regularly, so you stay on top of it so you don't lose the water. And then, of course, put a cover on it. Well said. All right, got to get a break in. Sure. Uh, talking with Zach Renstrom today, Washington County Water Conservancy District. Uh, real quick, let me thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney, local uh, sponsor of the show. He's a, he's a loan officer. And, what he, and, by the way, he's been doing it for two and a half decades. And what he wants to do is make sure that uh, you know what's going on every step of the way with your loan. That's his specialty, customer service. Call him today at 435-590-6300 for Joe Shoney. Are you good at what you do? Let everyone know by becoming AG approved on KDXU. Text Andy today at 435-467-5842.
Welcome back. 9.53. Got about uh, five, six minutes left on the program with Zach Renstrom today. Let's go right to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? You there? Oh. Yes, I'm there. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, I remember years ago when the satellite dishes first came out, the uh, uh, HOAs uh, blocked them. They said they were ugly, and, and eventually the state, uh, went ahead and passed laws saying HOAs couldn't block satellite dishes. Well, one area right now where you can save a massive amount of water that a lot of HOAs are blocking are artificial lawns. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're, they're concerned about the consistency. Someone can have something that looks like a green carpet, whereas someone else can have another lawn where people are shocked that it's actually artificial. I mean, right. there's just all different price ranges. And I'm just wondering if the state, if that's ever talked about, if you think the state's ever going to go that way, where, you know, this, uh, to prevent the HOAs from preventing uh, people putting in artificial lawns. Good question. Have you heard? Yeah, they're, they're, that's actually a great question. There's a lot of discussion going on with that right now. Um, uh, and I really think that we're going to see some legislation that comes out because he's exactly mm-hmm. right. A lot of these HOAs have these very strict requirements and require a, a lot of lawns, to, a lot of water to comply with those, those you know, requirements. And... I think artificial grass is a perfect example of that. And so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's legislation this year uh, basically saying that if a homeowner wanted to do water conservation measures, then an HOA could stop them. Now, they're going to have to find that balance of what's allowed and what's not. But, right. uh, yeah, I, I, I think you're exactly right. And some of these HOA requirements, um, I mean, they require water fountains and grass, and yeah. they use a lot of water. So I wouldn't be surprised if that changes here shortly. Is there an industry standard as far as artificial grass? that Because, like, we replaced a segment of our lawn with some artificial grass. We wanted to get the stuff that looked like real yeah. grass. You know, the, the and we, I guess football field, they use rubber pellets. We use sand, though, in yeah. ours to, to give it the, the, the feel and the texture, the look. It looks like real grass. In fact, we have quite often people come on and, oh, I thought that was grass. No, I don't have to mow that one. Yeah. But is, is there... Or should there be an industry standard with this artificial turf? Uh, because uh, you really can't. You can get the crappy stuff that yeah. looks like shag carpet all the way up to the really nice stuff. Yeah, and I think that's where it'll come back. I think that'll be the compromise is saying, okay, an, an HOA can't require grass. It can require, uh, well, they can't require grass, but they could require a specific type of specification for a terp- certain terp- type of artificial grass that mm-hmm. makes it look more natural. And also, some of these artificial grass that are coming out, like, if you just drive by, you would never know it was artificial right. grass. It's, it's right. really impressive what they've come out with. Now, we are, the patch we got was really small, like 9 by 14 or something. I mean, not, not a big section. Yeah. But because we got a small amount, we were able to get to the really nice stuff. Uh, but had I tried to do my whole lawn that yeah. way, that would, that would have been expensive. A, an exorbitant cost for yeah. sure. All right, we've got time for one more call. Hey, okay. thanks for calling in today. You're on with Andy and Zach. What's up? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Great. Uh, I'd like to mention the uh, on the vaccine, the VAERS reporting system. Have either of you heard of that? VAERS? Uh-uh. VAERS, V-A-E-R-S. That's Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System. It's a, it's a system that the CDC itself has, and it uh, records the people that have had adverse effects, and uh, 
the advertisement on your show that the vaccine is safe and effective, you know for a fact that it isn't effective because you had it. I had it, And yeah. it's, also, it's also not safe. So check anybody that's considering getting that vaccine, I would have them check that VAERS system. I don't, I'm imagining you can get it on the Internet. I get it on an underground newspaper. Okay. So uh, I get it in uh, print. But uh, if you don't, I could run a copy by for you or something. Okay, cool. Thank you for the tip. I appreciate that. Um, uh, one other thing. Yeah. Have you seen the the movie uh, The Outlaw Josie Wales? Long time ago, but yeah, it's it's like three you're, and a half hours. <laughs> you remember the uh, Indian going in? Uh, I think he was going in the saloon, and the snake oil salesman was trying to sell him that bottle of stuff. Snake and oil. he says, uh, Lone Waddy says, "What's in it?" And the salesman says, well, I don't know. I'm just a salesman. He says, you drink it. You drink it. And that's the way I feel about the vaccine. Let yeah. them son of a guns drink it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks, Thanks for the so. call today. i got to go watch that movie now. I've never heard of it. The Outlaw Josie Wells. You've never seen Clint Eastwood? Uh-uh. Oh, now it's like three and a half hours. It's okay. a long movie, but it's a good movie. It's okay. Well, one, good. One of the classics for sure. Uh, just a word, by the way, on that commercial. We are running a commercial. Uh, it is provided by the state, paid for by the state, and we are required by the FCC to run the commercial. I don't necessarily agree 100% with the commercial, but that, I don't have to, and, and neither do you. But we are required by law to actually run that commercial several times a day. Just for Really? So people are wondering. Yeah, that, I, That's very interesting. I didn't know that. It's part of the mission, part of the duty of having a, a radio station is the state and federal government requires you to run certain amount of, of what they deem public information. And we have no, no choice in the matter. You have to do it. Really? So, oh, yeah. See, I learned something. That's, that's, yeah, I learn stuff sure. every time I listen to you. He's Zach Renstrom. Zach, are we going to make it through the, uh, are we gonna make it through the uh, summer and, and fall with enough water? Are we going to do it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Those monsoonal rains were awesome. Awesome. Zach, thanks for coming on today. It's always a pleasure. Oh, it's been great. Thanks. And you can carry my casket if you want. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to tell your wife that. (laughs) 9.59 on KDXU. Thanks for listening today. Uh, Tomorrow we've got a a mayor on that uh, is going to be pretty fascinating. I think you're going to like it.